We've never lived in a time with more access to financial literacy education, but it's not created equally. Join us in this episode as we explain how vital it is to have a Catholic approach to your money. Boy, oh boy. We've gone on quite a journey with our finances, haven't we? Oh, yes. It's been a long (laughs) journey over the last almost 12 years. Wait, has it been 12 years? Almost. (laughs) Over a decade Mm, of handling our personal finances. Um, And we've had a lot of different influences over the years. And when we started the journey, we had no idea we were going to end up where we are today. Mm-mm. Safe to say? Beyond safe to say. <laughs> I mean, the first place I started out personally with my financial education was Nowheresville. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. It was filled in by what? Commercials and... Bank balance budgeting. Bank balance budgeting, watching TV. I had no idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I had had a little bit of a head start on you. Um, when I graduated high school, my dad actually gave me Financial Peace University on CD, audio CD to listen to as I commuted, you know, from home to college. (laughs) And I did, I, I dutifully listened to those. And even though I didn't do a perfect job throughout college, um, budgeting, I I remember sitting down and creating a, a little budget you know, Mm. with the $75 I earned and this babysitting gig or whatever, you know. Um, But it was by far not perfect, Mm -hmm. incomplete. Um, And then when we got married. When we got married, uh, we had the big blowout money fight on the honeymoon, had to come home, figure out what the heck we were doing. Because you had listened to those CDs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was in the back of your head of like, you know, there's this Dave guy. Right. Yep. He was the only influence I had. He's got a book. He's got a, like a radio thing. Let's check him out. Mm-hmm. And then it maybe took me a month or two to kind of come around to it and get to reading the book. Yep. And then we were in. We were in. And there were another couple other voices kind of that yeah. he had introduced us to. But again, they were all um, Protestant influences, which aren't mm-hmm. they aren't That's not bad in and of itself. But there was some differences between um, a Catholic worldview. And we were able to quickly spot some of those more obvious ones, like some of the two to three main bigger differences, mm-hmm. and just kind of filter them through our Catholic sure. formation. And so it was not a big deal. Uh, but as time went on, we started noticing, okay, I think there, there is an ability to maybe hone more in on a little bit of a unique approach to money as Catholics. Mm -hmm. But again, we were just scratching the surface and we started wallet win. And so we brought those components in to our very first money class, but then we started to see, and I don't know if it ever made its way completely into our own way we taught sometimes around the way that I thought Mm -hmm. about money, Mm -hmm. these secular influences starting to form our thinking. Oh, sure. um, From other business owners. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they were subtle at first, but then my gosh, when you saw them for what they were, they were easy to spot and to reject. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'd say it it was an, it's been an interesting process experience for me. I grew up raised Catholic and never really went too far afield other than just like, "Mm, I don't know. Uh, I didn't, like I didn't go 
spend X number of years going to some Protestant thing or I didn't, you know, grow up that way. So this Catholic worldview, even if it was really fuzzy at first in my life, like it's always been there. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing I know about. And I'd say in, other, you know, as I grew up and as we were missionaries and I was just into other, you know, more in that world, uh, I would see some Protestant stuff. And just from time to time, we go, wait a second. You mean they don't blank? Or so they talk about it that way, huh? Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, okay. And so with, with some of the money stuff, okay, I didn't have too much Catholic background on money. Not many people do. And I figured, <laughs> okay, well, we're, okay, we're, we're, this guy's Christian or this lady's Christian or whatever. Okay, sure, sure. And now, and then over time, as I'm getting more into it, I'm thinking, wait a second, that doesn't line up. Mm-hmm. There's more here that's being totally missed. Yeah, maybe not even that doesn't line up, but just where is X? Where's this? It's where not even is, there anymore. Where's the approach on the economy? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, whatever. Like there's just so much more than creating a budget, saving some money, investing a little scratch and sp- spending and giving. Like there's way more. Mm-hmm. Those are some practical actions. But my gosh, talk about tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of the iceberg was missing. Mm-hmm. And what's under the ice or wait, what's under the water, mm. kind of mm-hmm. the berg not seen is sometimes more important. Oh, yes. Than the stuff even visible on the top. Mm-hmm. So in this episode, we are going to dive Ooh. under the water and explore some of that iceberg. I mean, it's an iceberg. It's huge down there. Mm-hmm. So we're only going to get to some it's of rich. it. Mm-hmm. But we're going to begin that conversation now. And also just to say, like, we're not here to dump on, say, Dave Ramsey. No, 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 no. We're not saying that. We're just, it's just. Hey, there's even more over here. Yes. Even more than that. We didn't realize in the beginning, oh, like yeah. we stumbled into these depths. Mm-hmm. We didn't start out on a journey to find these, but you know, when the hound of heaven gets after you, he takes you places you never thought you were going to go. Yeah. And these riches, they, they've absolutely transformed our lives and we cannot wait to share more with you. And what are they? We are going to be talking about the authentically, Catholic worldview around money and why it is essential. And this is kind of why we're kicking off, teeing up, whatever you will. We're hosting the first ever Catholic Money Summit in June, mm-hmm. leading right up to the, the, the two hearts, the sacred and immaculate hearts. We are going to be talking about in a really in-depth way, a Catholic approach to money. We are going to be consecrating our finances and our very selves to God's providence. Um, And those are the things that really make, like those are the heart and the core Mm -hmm. of handling money as a Catholic. And I cannot wait to bring you into that along with us and to continue to unpack some of, Mm -hmm. some of these depths and these riches. But today we are going to talk about kind of like five reasons why we need a Catholic money summit. Yes. That's what we're going to dive into. And we'll tell you a little bit more about the summit at the end of the episode. For Mm -hmm. those who are just itchy and just cannot wait, catholicmoneysummit.com. Give you some details, but we'll tell you more in a little bit. Let's do it. Dive in. All right. First up is this idea of that, you know, before I would have called us just like Catholics who happen to have money. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like we happen to be Catholic. We happen to have some money. And that was, and like, we'll try to do our best instead of I'm called to be a financial disciple. Mm. And the, the mindset behind both of those is so different when you study kind of the habits, the motives and the actions underneath just a Catholic who happens to have a little scratch in the bank versus a financial disciple Mm. who is stewarding the pants off what they're received it's going right for the vocation that God's calling them to say yes to is making an impact even greater than themselves in not only their life, but in their communities. A financial disciple is making things happen and is using the kingdom of God to direct their relationship with money and how they use it, how they think about it and what they do with it versus a Catholic who just happens to have a little bit of money is more, might give some do this or that prudent action, but more or less is kind of still thinking that they're in control and they're just going to do whatever they want. Mm. Very different mindsets, but it's distinctive. And it's part of what makes up a very authentically Catholic view of money is knowing that, yep, I'm called to be a financial disciple. Yeah. It's, it's different. It's right. This is what we are. It's what we do with, with wallet win with the Catholic money course is that it's not just some money course for Catholics. It's, made to help you sure be better at money but so that you can be a more fully integrated better catholic yes that's what we that's why we want you to understand how to handle your money yes it's identity based so you can enter into who you are more deeply yep not just have some more in the bank or do a little bit more good in the world right from that identity you start to see differences in the numbers Mm -hmm. certainly but we're not just going to throw strategies and hacks at you we're going to Talk about changing and shifting that identity. Yeah. That's huge. One way I think the church does a, a good job of, of pulling this out is in the encyclical um, Rerum Novarum. Uh, Pope Leo wrote, the chief and most excellent rule for the right use of money is one the heathen philosophers hinted at, but which the church has traced out clearly and has only made known to men's mi- has not only made known to men's minds, but has impressed upon their lives. It rests on the principle that it is one thing to have a right to possession of money and another to have a right to use money as one wills. So right there, we're, we're getting bits of, right? There's the fundamental human right to private property mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that allows us to have remuneration for our labor, allows us to actually be generous, all these other mm-hmm. things. And... It's not our own. And I like, I, I, I picked this one out because, right, he's, he starts off, this is the best thing, yeah. He, you know, pre, pre-Christian, you know, had no even contact with, with uh, the Israelites or anything. Like, heathen philosophers <laughs> were starting to figure some of this out. Mm-hmm. They've got the bits of it, the bits and the pieces. Well, because it echoes from our soul. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. But the church, having all of the things that the church has is able to line this out a whole lot more. And I'd say that in some way, I'm not, I'm not calling any Protestants, heathen philosophers (laughs) or anything, but in the same idea, they've got bits and pieces. What they've got is pretty good, right? It's like, they got this great sandwich, but you're like, Oh, but what if you put mayonnaise on it? Changes the whole thing. (laughs) Maybe rounds it out a little more. But yeah, what a beautiful paragraph. 
Beautiful paragraph. All right. Are we ready to go to the next one? Let's do it. Okay. This one is huge. This one, it didn't even dawn on us until a couple of years ago, Mm -hmm. but when it clicked and I knew that this was actually the revelation, like it just made sense for, of so many things. So we need a Catholic money summit because imagine going to a Protestant pastor to talk about theology of the body and NFP versus going to a Catholic moral theologian trained in both. (laughs) And if you know, you know, you're, if, if, if you know, are adept on theology of the body and natural family planning and kind of the underpinnings and the reasons and the beauty, like, you know, that if you go to a Protestant pastor, they, they might even teach you something diametrically opposed to these things. Okay. Like to use contraception or illicit forms of intimacy, even Mm -hmm. in your marriage, like you're not going to get, you might, but you probably won't. You might get things that are okay, but you might get things that are harmful to your soul. And there's going to be a load of other things that you'll just miss out on. Yes, exactly. They won't even get talked about or discussed. Radical difference at the nuance level in these. And even some of those, you know, broad strokes might look similar from the outside Mm -hmm, looking in, mm -hmm. but they're different when you get underneath it. Sure. So let's just give a little example here. Let's tease it out. Yeah. So let's look at, um, like, so something we all agree on, Catholic, Protestant, even a number of people without any faith would be that, uh, like the commercial uh, like sex industry is no good. Mm-hmm. Pornography, prostitution, it is no good. Yeah. Shouldn't be. But why? I think, and again, mm. it's Protestant, so you, you can't generalize, but I'd say a lot of them would, they, you, you'd be talking about, that's a wrong use of our sexuality. Sure. It's adultery. It's fornication. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's something you shouldn't do. And those are all right. It is all those things. However, the Catholic approach in all things is centered on the human person. And so this is is a a slight against the human dignity, the fundamental dignity of those involved. A person, a subject, right, cannot become an object in a financial transaction. That is. At its root fundamental level, even deeper than the other things, that is why it's no good. Mm-hmm. Which is, I'd say, just monumentally a different approach than than what you'd get somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And even that, like, what if it spills over into personal finance? This comes up in a million different ways. Mm, mm-hmm. It's not just in the brass tacks of handling your money, but if we look at the human person on the other side of every single financial engagement that we mm. partake in, it changes so much. Yeah. So much. It spills over into a, a myriad of categories, yeah, well, which we don't have time to get into, but we're going to in the summit. Mm-hmm. And whatever <laughs> you look at the church over and over again is constantly reminding us of the other people we are connected to in our lives. When it talks about social media, it talks about, you can't forget the real network here is people is humanity. You are connected to someone else or somebody else on the other side of that screen in a financial transaction. 
there's, yeah, there's the person I'm handing the money to. There's the person who made the thing, the people who shipped it, the people who grew the stuff. Like it's all in there. And mm-hmm. we are called to remember that mm-hmm. it comes out when I'd say really another time, great, a good time is looking at charity or even justice towards the poor. Mm. Now, again, yeah. not all, but I think many Protestants, I'd say maybe even just many Catholics, Some Catholics yeah. would say, hey, you know, yeah, you got to give the poor, you know, you, maybe they should, they should maybe go to work more, uh, try lazy. harder. <laughs> They're maybe a bit lazy, but you know, I mean, we'll help them out, but maybe only mm. so much, right? From the very beginnings of the church, the fathers of the church were saying things like, so St. Ambrose Uh, In 1340, that's when he was born. He said, you are not making a gift of your possession to the poor person. You are handing over to him what is his. St. Basil the Great of Caesarea, also in the 300, the 300s. This is so long ago. Even earlier. (laughs) Um, He said, the bread in your cupboard belongs to the hungry man. The coat hanging in your closet belongs to the man who needs it. The Mm. shoes rotting in your closet belong to the man who has no shoes. The money which you put into the bank belongs to the poor. You do wrong to everyone you could help, but fail to help. Ah! (laughs) St. John Chrysostom (laughs) says to not enable the poor to share in our goods is to steal from them and deprive them of life. The goods we possess are not ours, but theirs. Mm. So this is East these, and West. This is all of these guys lived in the fathers. 300s. Mm-hmm. And from the very beginning, it's this deeper idea of what belongs to who? How are we being stewards of it? How is it being taken care of by mm-hmm, us? Mm-hmm. It's like our responsibility, you know, like the the big we see, I don't, it's, I wouldn't say it's probably not the second sin ever committed, but like the second biggie that we hear about in scripture when Cain, the murder, when he murders, right? Well, he goes, I'm not my brother's keeper. Mm. No, well, how am I supposed to know where he is? Yeah. You are. You are. You are. And mm-hmm. so all those people we are connected to, we're connected to in this web and we, even more so today, economically. Yeah. Yep. In the way modern economics has come up and, and strung us all together now, we are intimately related to all, everyone around us. Mm-hmm. And those even really far away from us. And I'd say these, these quotes I pulled from the fathers, like, these are there's some of the, these are a little bit, there's a, they're probably on the tamer side of some of them. And I don't want anybody to get confused here sure. and to think that, oh my goodness, like, Wait, we read earlier, we have a right to private property. Mm-hmm. And we talk about in other places about how we are to be um, like responsible for those under our care and uh, live according to our station in exactly. life. Exactly. Okay. The church is both and, right? Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you don't get caught into one of these temptations to go to one extreme or another. Virtue's in the middle, and sometimes it can be both. Mm-hmm. We can have private property and take care of our families and live a dignified life. And we can take care of others and make sure that um, like we're being prudent, but also really generous, yeah. right? They're, they're both. And, um, and I have heard like, again, not to pick on Dave, but I have heard when things like this get brought up, 
he'll call it liberal Christianity. And don't go down that temptation. To be a Catholic is inherently not to be left or right. Mm. It's not to be uh, like um, Democrat or Republican. Mm-hmm. Like, don't, it's don't. Partisan. It's so much bigger. Mm-hmm. It's so much bigger. And we are always a Catholic first. And then whatever the flavor of the moment is, or however things are falling in the the moral and the ethical decisions being made by politicians, that's going to impact how we can vote. But those change every couple decades. (laughs) You know, we're in one time now, but we were in a different time 50 years ago in the way Catholics voted. Mm -hmm. And it could change again in 50 years. Like we lead with our identity and what the church teaches. Yeah. And so sometimes that's going to mean that we're going to agree with the left on some things and we're going to agree with the right on some. And sometimes some issues trump others mm-hmm. and mean that we, you know, need to guide our votes in different ways, blah, blah, blah. But don't fall into this false dichotomy that this is liberal Christianity. Because mm-hmm. if you look at the gospels, this is what the early church did. Yeah. This is how they took care of man. each other. This is gospel radical Christianity. So. I mean, if you look at, like, say, Mother Teresa, mm-hmm. anything she was ever given, she made sure other people got. Do you see pictures of her feet? Oh. She took the most ill-fitting sandals mm-hmm. because they were the last pair after she made sure every other sister got a, got a good set mm-hmm. after they were donated some. That is heroic virtue. Yeah. That's heroic generosity. Mm. And so, yes. So as, as a friend of ours would say, I'm not right wing. I'm not left wing. I'm for the whole bird. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great quote. It's so great. And that bird that we are about, I mean, we can approach that bird. We've got 2000 years Mm. of richness to pull from as Catholics. Yep. We've got two millennia nearly of people way smarter, way wiser, much more holy than we are thinking about Praying, meditating, studying all these things. We've got also been there, done that, and seen 2,000 years of vice and its application <laughs> to money. Yeah. And drawn from that wisdom <laughs> and those <laughs> lessons and those screw ups and those scandals. <laughs> right? Definitely. The church has been there, got the t shirt 10 times over. It's, got the, it got, it's been there, <laughs> got beat up, moved on. Yeah. Oh, so we got, so we have that scripture. Obviously, to pull on, we've got encyclicals, these official teaching documents of the church. We've got the catechism mm-hmm. where so much of this is brought out and you go, oh, you can get deeper and deeper. We can look at the lives of the saints. There's married saints, single saints, religious saints, lay saints, hermit business saints. owner saints, hermits, modern day, ancient children, everybody. Adults. We've got because in each one of them. Is, is this unique individual creation of God, like all of us, and had this different personality, different station in life, all these things, and still interacted with money Mm -hmm. in the way they were called to. Yeah. There's just so much riches to plumb and we are barely scratching that surface in modern times. Mm. Honestly, in some ways, like the work that we're doing in Wallowin, it feels like it's a ghost town. There's very few at bat here trying to plumb the depths mm-hmm. of the church's teachings on personal finance. It's, it's, we, we recently went on a trip to Colorado and went to the mining museum. 
Mm. That's what I feel like. Mm. We're on this mountain. And we're we like, got a couple we got a couple, <laughs> we got a couple flakes of gold in our pan, a couple nuggets. We go, I think there's really something here. And lo and behold, I'm sure we, we start digging. We're finding some chunks. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's a, and this is not, this and it's is always, not to say that, whoa, what we're, we're doing is so great. It's like, no, please. It's always been there. We're the ones out here <laughs> shifting, shifting <laughs> the pans around and crap. Like we, we need more people in on this. Yes. Very fewer <laughs> the laborers. There needs to be more. Um, but yeah, like there's just so much. It's almost like we're just, we're just kind of re finding things and re re representing them. They're already here. What the church has to teach around money, though, our world is desperate for, mm. desperate for, because it sets us free, free from being enslaved to money. Oh, my goodness. Western civilization is so enslaved to money. They don't know it. There's different like cutesy ways to talk mm. about how they're really not. But they are enslaved to money or stuff or consumerism. It's. There's so much enslavement to money and how, how you're feeling and your emotions being dictated by your bank account, like Mm. so much enslavement, but the church is there to set us free from that, set us free and to teach us, this is my favorite part. And we lacked it in our early days, Mm. teach us how to be sanctified through our finances. I had no idea that God wanted to use my money to make me holier to put me in situations where greatness was called out of me, to put me in situations where, oh my gosh, is he going to provide? I don't know. <laughs> is going to, faith is going to be called from me. Yeah. I didn't know that he wanted to use money to make me holier. And now that I know that, he's going to do it over and over and over again the rest of our life. It doesn't matter how much you have entrusted to you. He's constantly going to use your finances and what's being entrusted to you, whether it's a little, a medium, a lot, to call you to be sanctified, to make you holy. That's exciting. I love it. I can't wait. (laughs) All right. So we've talked about the financial disciples. We've talked about that kind of that Protestant view versus a really holistic Catholic view. We've talked about the 2000 years of richness all reasons we need a Catholic money summit. We're all waiting for it. Let's dive into the next one. Uh, this next one is, is that Catholic view. It's a realistic view of money. It doesn't elevate one state in life above another. It's, it's, it applies to everyone, mm-hmm. every state. And not that, you know, you must have, a, the goal is to get to this income or the goal is to, only stop at this low of an income or anything like that. It, um, it's not what exactly in every situation, black and white to think it's how to think Mm -hmm. it's how to all these things that we need to keep in our minds and our hearts as we make our decisions. And really it's that God's will and your unique vocation is going to be the preeminent way in which you discern and interact with money. And you mentioned this earlier in just the examples of the saints. We have some who are kings and queens and entrusted with vast sums of riches. We have St. Catherine Drexel, who was an heiress, who, you know, gave it to the order, but herself took a vow of poverty and fueled it for charitable work. 
we have business owner saints, you know, St. Louis and Zelly. Every All of them had very different financial circumstances, different ways that they were called to interact with money. Um, but it was dependent on their vocation and what God was calling them to. And just because somebody had more didn't make them any better. It didn't. Mm-mm. And our world wants that temptation is there. You feel smarter or more important or more prideful if there's maybe more money. Mm. And that's just not the church. That's not how we judge if, if a situation is successful or not. It's just not the metric that we use. And we have to reject that as a metric. Now, we certainly should always be exercising prudence and, of course, t- paying attention to the numbers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's just not we don't say that one is and is actually better than another. It's just not true. Mm-mm. What we, our metric is, am I saying yes to God's will and living my vocation? That's mm-hmm. our real metric. And money's going to have some role in that, but that's what we're, that's what we're really aiming for. Absolutely. And when we're doing that, we're looking at every part of our life. We know you can feel it, how money just touches maybe every part of your life, all the different relationships, the different roles you have, the different jobs you need to take care of. It all is money has its little tentacles wrapped around all of them. Parenting, work, the economy, education, generosity, groceries, vacation, investments, entrepreneurship, morality, ethics, marriage, openness to life, workers' rights, taking a vow of poverty. All these things are about money and they're about so much more than money. But if we enter into these decisions, well, like with the right formation with the right attitude and mind and heart formed by our faith, then we can make those good decisions. All these things are all interconnected. And so much when we look at it, you know, we look at this part of, you know, workers' rights uh, when it comes to that, then, oh yeah, but it's referencing this other thing and this other thing and this other thing. We jump all around and it's all interconnected. And to have that interconnected, integrated, faithful view of our mm-hmm, finances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the church, it, the church won't always teach us the black and white of mm-hmm. what to do in every circumstance. Sometimes she does. And my goodness, I am thankful when she does. <laughs> More often, though, um, it, we need to be discerning. And we need to come into these situations when it comes to money with you know, the proper guidelines and the principles that we can discern the right action in them again, because it touches everything. So if we don't have good formation around finances, how, how can we actually be discerning in all of these other areas? And so that's what we're hoping to do in the Catholic money summit. Mm -hmm. We want to not, okay, we are going to teach some of the practicals. Mm -hmm. There is absolutely going to be talks on budgeting, on getting out of debt, on saving money. But there is so much, probably more so talks on that are going to be forming to you and your conscience that are, we're going to dive into um, Catholic entrepreneurship. We're going to get into the economy. We're going to into, can we do business with bad companies who are immoral and unethical? We're going to get into all of it. Yeah. How, you know, what does it look like to take a vow of poverty? Why would God call somebody to that? Um, How could we live virtue with our money if we're called to handle much? Like all of these things, so rich, so deep. I can't wait. 
for you to come to the Cali Money Summit. Yeah. So mark your calendar. It's coming up. It's going to be June 14th through 17th. And where is it? Wherever you are. Comfort of your own couch. Yep. It's all online and you can get all the talks during the summit for free and any and all proceeds from upgrades to all access passes directly funds our next adoption. Yep. You can learn more and grab your free ticket today at CatholicMoneySummit.com. And please, would you share this with your friends Mm. that might not listen to the podcast? A lot of people don't know that they need this type of formation, but they do. Please, please invite them. Shoot this podcast over to them or just send them CatholicMoneySummit.com, you know, on social media or in an email, in a Text. text. There we go. Encourage them to register. Encourage them to join you in this. Maybe they're only going to attend one or two talks, but I promise you there's going to be something for everybody. Mm. Not every talk is designed for everybody, but they're going to find something. You're going to find something that's pertinent for your situation and reality right now. So join us at CatholicMoneySummit.com. Till next time. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us today. You can learn more about this show and the WalletWin program at WalletWin.com. Music in this episode is from Dylan Gardner. Listen to his new album, Almost Real, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your music. See you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.